0: This edition of the Bio Report is brought to you by the California Technology Council, providing discounts on products and services essential to every startup. For more information, visit californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. The problem of counterfeit and falsified medicines is not just an economic problem for the pharmaceutical industry, but also a public health threat. TrueTag Tech Technologies is seeking to address the problem with its nanoscale technology that allows drug makers to encode information on individual doses of medication to authenticate a drug and provide details on its origin and intended markets. We spoke to Barry McDonough. Senior Vice President of Business Development for TrueTag, about the technology, how it works, and how it can address a global health concern. Barry, thanks for joining us. Delighted to be here, Danny. We're going to talk about TrueTag, the problem with counterfeit and gray market pharmaceuticals, and how TrueTag's technology can address the problem. Let's start with the problem itself, though. The the term counterfeiting is used to describe really a, a wide range of issues. What does that include?
1: So yes, the the um, the term counterfeiting relates to the representation of of false products as authentic products in the supply chain. And um, usually these products, um, at at uh, best case, are just placebos so they contain no active pharmaceutical ingredients. But at worst case. They could contain anything from heavy metal to, to poison.
0: At the same time, though, I take it there, there are sometimes, because of an arbitrage in drug pricing, that you see drugs produced for one market end up being sold in another market, and they, they may be out of date and have lost potency. Is that an issue as well?
1: Yes, that is also an issue. So, usually, we distinguish between um, counterfeiting, which um, uh, is the first problem that I described, and the second, then, is diversion. So that, that arbitrage um, issue relates to diversion. So it could be a product that was meant to be sold in Europe is, um, is repatriated to the U.S. market where it's sold at a higher price. Now the problem with that is that when that happens, it may not be subject to the correct storage conditions um, that are required.
0: From a, a pharmaceutical industry point of view, how big a problem is this?
1: So from, from a counterfeiting perspective, it's very difficult to put, um, to put a number on it. I've heard estimates of ever are anywhere from 70 billion to 200 billion plus. So there's a wide range in the estimates, and the problem is that most of counterfeiting goes undetected. Most people will think that in Western economies, it would be below half, or account products represent below half of a percent of the the, 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 um, pharmaceuticals in the supply chain. In developing countries, that can be anywhere up to uh, 30 to 50% of the supply chain.
0: Well, from a public health point of view, what concerns do governments, regulatory agencies, or healthcare providers have about the authenticity of drugs? Do they more of an economic threat to the industry or is there a public health concern here as well
1: well i think the, the main concern is the safety of the consumer so it's it's um, it's interesting you know counterfeiting has um has existed for a very very long time from from the dawn of day where where uh, roman coins used to be counterfeit. Um, in in more recent years the issue has been that counterfeiters have moved from from things like dvds and handbags to to uh, goods that can really impact the safety of consumers So things like um, things like uh, airbags and and food stuffs and and indeed pharmaceuticals and anything then that has an impact on consumer safety is going to is going to get the attention of the regulators and that's why we've been an increasing focus on on this issue
0: well there there have been some efforts today to provide means within the supply chain to verify the authenticity of, of pharmaceuticals. How is this generally done today, and, and how effective have these efforts been?
1: Yeah, that's very true. So, so uh, regulatory bodies around the world have mandated uh, serialization technology, and serialization technology is where you essentially move from the, the identification of a good on a batch level towards the identification of a good on a production instance level. And that that um, that that rollout is, in, is, uh, is, is taking place at the moment the current the current rollout of that civilization technology. unfortunately what happens is is when when anything's mandated, a government has to account mandate a proprietary technologies have to have to uh, mandate an open technology so that a lot of them, um, A lot of different vendors are able to, um, to, uh, implement that technology. Now, the problem with that is while serialization track and trace is absolutely a big step forward, it's very easy to replicate, um, a serial number. You can crack the serialization code sequentially or, you know, on an individual basis, you can scan a serial number and then just reproduce it. And then if somebody goes to authenticate it in the supply chain, um, it can be then authenticated as a genuine product. So it's it's a great step forward that they've taken, but it's by no means perfect.
0: Well, let's talk about TrueTag's approach, which doesn't seek to authenticate drugs through packaging, but embeds information contained on the drug itself by using microtags incorporated to a drug's coding. Can, Can you explain how it works?
1: Yes, yes. I, I, would, I would describe TrueTag as the gold standard in terms of um, in product security. So TrueTag are essentially nanoporous silicon dioxide. And um, nanoporous silicon dioxide, or porous silicon dioxide, is, an, ex- is, is a, an excipient that's been found in, in foods and pharmaceuticals, or has been used as an excipient uh, in foods and pharmaceuticals for a very, very long time. So it's it's not a new material. It's, it's been used as sort of an, an anticoagulant uh, agent in, in food and pharmaceutical production for decades. It it works by uh, preventing clumping of materials. So what we do is we take this material and um, this porous uh, silicon dioxide, and we we essentially we etch uh, a lattice structure into the material. So we take something that's already in food and uh, pharmaceutical, but the difference being is that we etch this lattice structure into it. Think of it really as a, as a honeycomb structure. And then we shine light, at, uh, shine light in, a, in, a, in a proprietary Im- imager that we have on that honeycomb structure. And as that light shines on that, it reflects that light back at a particular spectral index. And... That is really how our technology works. So we have a lock and we have a key. The, the lock are these tags, these, um, these microscopic tags that we manufacture with, um, with a custom code um, on them. And then the key then is the imager that we use that shines light on those co- on those tags and then, um, then decodes the spectral index that comes
0: back from them. And, and what type of information can you actually encode on a, a pill that way?
1: Um, We can encode anything, essentially. The way to think about the the tags are they're they're an edible optical memory. So it's an edible barcode. So the the information that we link to that tag can be anything. It could be from what what the product is, where it was manufactured, the time that it was manufactured, the country that it was meant to be in, uh, or even something as, as, as widespread as prescribing information. And, for a patient
0: and how easily can that encoded information be read how How expensive or portable is the equipment you'll need to to read it?
1: So the technology that we use today is is uh, designed for b two b authentication, which means will be the customer or uh, or stakeholders in the supply chain that are designated by the customer to authenticate the technology, so pharmacies or hospitals or distributors. We do have on our roadmap the, um, the 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 next stage of our our reader development is to migrate this technology into the cell phone. So so you know that is uh, that is conceptually where we we want to go to, and when that becomes a reality, you can then see a scenario where anyone in the supply chain or anyone any customer can authentically a, a, a pharmaceutical pill, our tags than a pharmaceutical pill. In, um, in in the market,
0: and the material you're using today to to encode this is actually used to coat drugs already today.
1: It it's used as an excipient in in in, um, in in drugs today already. Yeah, so it's already present. So from a from a an FDA perspective, the material is classified as GRAS, which means it's generally recognized as safe, and um, as long as there isn't more than two percent of, of um, the silicon dioxide in a pharmaceutical pill by weight. Um, it, it is absolutely no concern. And the, you know, from our perspective, the, the amount that we add is about 0.01 percent. So we're not—we don't add our tags in, in large amounts. Our, our tags are, are microscopic; they're, they're anywhere between 50 to 100 microns.
0: What does a manufacturer need to incorporate it into its manufacturing
1: process? Yeah, that's a great question. Whenever anyone is looking to add a security feature to to a, a product, one of the biggest costs is the requirement to re-engineer a business process to incorporate the tag into into a, a tag or whatever that feature is in, into their product. What we've looked to do within the pharmaceutical um, space is make it very easy for our, our, our customers, we actually go into the coating, either the base coating or the overcoating of of, um, of of the pill. So essentially what we do is we will run a, a quick technical evaluation with the pharmaceutical company and we'll determine how many tags um, per pill that we need to have to ensure authentication and to ensure the uniformity of distribution of our tags on a per pill basis. And once we've run through that process with the pharmaceutical company, we just add our tags to to the coating, and then and our tags are applied uh, through the normal coating process.
0: And does this significantly add to the cost of, of a pill?
1: No, it's a very very economic solution. Um, you know, typically we're we're looking at a fraction of a cent on a per pill base.
0: Are there regulatory issues you need to go through to incorporate these nano tags into the manual? Manufacturing process. Uh, you, you mentioned that that FDA recognizes these as generally safe, but is there any kind of clearance a, a drug maker would go through if they wanted to incorporate this?
1: Yes, yes. So there's um, there's guidelines issued and um, uh, PCID guidelines issued by the FBI. So the PCID is Phys- physical chemical identifier, and um, they've they've laid out the steps that are required uh, by any uh, manufacturer to. To utilise identifiers on a on a product, because ours um, because our technology is is in the category the minimal potential risk category, and that's because it's already classified as grass, and because it has no input. it's in the it's it's used in the code for the outer release section of the pill, and what that means is that um, pharmaceutical manufacturers they just have to um, to add a, a small annual reportable change, um, and that's the only uh, the only um Change that they have to do.
0: Oh, were you actually, in terms of putting this into the marketplace?
1: Um, this uh, this 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 quarter will actually be our first uh, first product. Will be in in the supply chain with our tags. It's actually a nutraceutical rather than a pharmaceutical, um, and um, we will be in the, you know, we'll be in the market in Q three. We have another customer coming on. Our first pharmaceutical customer will be coming online in two thousand and eighteen, and we have several other customers who are um, engaging in technical evaluations at the moment of that, that initial early stage trial to determine how many tags and uh, need to be applied per per pill. So we're 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 uh, we're starting to see um, adoption in the market. You know, usually um, the 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 pharmaceutical market can be little bit a uh, little bit slow to adopt new technologies and, and rightly so because um, you know anything that is, is, is going into a patient uh, ingested by patients have to be uh, rigorous trials done on it but if we've got to a point now where we're starting to see this adoption they see their competitors putting the gold standard of, of technology onto their their um, their pharmaceutical pills they want to follow suit nobody wants to be the first but um, now that we've Overcome that uh, that that, uh, that challenge. Um, we're starting to see good adoption now.
0: And, and as you look uh, across markets here, where do you see the biggest opportunity for for this technology?
1: Um, the, the the application of our tags is uh, is essentially endless. It's, um, we, we can put it on anything from um, from a, a piece of art to a, an orange, and it really depends on on where the problem lies. And um, you know, so we're we very much focused today with two areas of application. We focus on pharmaceutical, research is as one category, and on uh, secure labels as another. So we actually look to augment some of the the efforts that are being done on serialization to put an added layer of security into packaging well, as well.
0: So we talked about largely talked about pills, but does this have an application in biologics as well?
1: Um. It's Typically, on biologics, we'd be looking to, to actually mark vials in which, uh, in, uh, or the packaging in which they're stored, um, you know, rather than because there's, there's not an easy application uh, process for biologics. But typically, we would, we would, we would go um, on an adhesive on, on a vial.
0: So I imagine to the, to the naked eye, this would be virtually undetectable.
1: It is indeed, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a covert technology. But the, the, the tags as I mentioned earlier, are, they're, they're clear um, in color, and they're, they're about 50 to 100 microns in size. So they're smaller than a particle of the. Of the.
0: We talked about this as, a, a, as an authentication technology, but it's quite interesting in that this may have other significant applications within the pharmaceutical industry, namely with drug delivery. C- can you explain yeah. where you are in terms of using it for that and how, how it can benefit drug delivery?
1: Yeah, that's, um, this has been sort of an interesting surprise we got towards the end of, of last year. Um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier on, the, the, our technology works by essentially etching a uh, honeycomb structure into the surface of our tags, And we leave that empty, so we just have that honeycomb lattice structure. And then we shine the light on on that, and it, 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 it sends back that spectral index. What we have found is is um, we were approached by a biotechnology company last year and and they've asked us to work with them on on rather than leaving that honeycomb as those pores empty or empty, we we're essentially filling those with active pharmaceutical ingredients. And then we we're taking the tags themselves and injecting them into the body. And the the tags then become essentially a, a long acting injectable. Or, or a controlled release medical device. So, the, the material, um, porous silicon, is, is, is perfectly suited for this because um, it's biodegradable. It, it, it degrades down into orthosilic acid in the body, and um, it is it, uh, it, it, uh, the perfect, um, perfect material for the de- delivery of a therapeutic payload into, into the body. So yeah.
0: is there an example of how this might benefit uh, the application of a drug?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so our you know, pore silicon is, is used widely as a material. Our, our um, unique selling point really is the ability to control the size of the pores. So we have to control the size of the pores for our anti counterfeiting solution. And being able to have such control over the size of the pores allows of um, of different proteins, so different APIs can be placed in, and essentially then, as these tags are in the body, they break down over time, and they release the active pharmaceutical ingredient from these pores. So, we've been able to already prove out with our partner, we've been able to prove out um, anywhere between a four to six-month delivery of um, of the, of the, the, um, the pharmaceutical payload. And this was just in the first use case that we were looking at. It. We believe we can do that for, for anywhere up to a year.
0: Barry McDonough, Senior Vice President of Business Development for TrueTag. Barry, thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you very much, sir. It's been a pleasure. pleasure to be on the show. <music>